0: SaskEgg Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again
2: sooner. SaskEgg Ag Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to SaskEgg Today. Coming up on today's program, the January canola contract shows some promise while Minneapolis wheat for December stood still this week, we'll hear from PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo on the grains and oilseeds markets. Of course, today is day three of the 34th annual Green Millers Harvest Showdown. The Grain and Ford Show Awards were handed out last night. I'll have all of the results from that, and we will also have the interview with the winner of the uh, Farmer Recognition Award. And of course, that was Larry and Kathy Hillworth of Yorkton. We will hear from them. So all of those stories coming up on today's edition of Saskag Today. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your REMAX Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist.
0: Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather.
2: With Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, it's basically sunny here in the Yorkton area today, and our temperatures seem to be moderating a bit. Yeah, it's a nice change, isn't it? The uh, cloud cover breaking up for today. Today, unfortunately,
0: is. Really the exception to the overall cloudy rule. But, hey, exceptions are there for a reason. They get to enjoy the day. Temperature is still coming up just shy of freezing. But it's, you know, getting closer anyway. Normal high this time only two. So we're not that far at minus one for the afternoon. Also, more importantly, a very light wind. So the uh, wind chill not really a factor. Cloud cover rolls back in tonight and for tomorrow. It's a mostly cloudy day. In fact, the weekend as a whole is pretty cloudy. But The system coming in has some... Um, Moisture with it, and as it moves in, there's a the chance because temperatures are so close to freezing and it's a warm front moving in that we could end up with several different types of precipitation. The most likely part, most likely phase, I should say, is snow. There is a the chance though for some freezing to Watch for that tomorrow night, especially, and a few slick spots. So with that mixture, we're watching Sunday morning in particular for the potential for some slickness, and then that snow comes in through the day on Sunday. That's the best bet for accumulating snow is daytime Sunday. Overnight, though, we're down to minus 6. That's actually pretty close to normal for this time of year. Tomorrow, mostly dry through the day, likely toward evening and then into the evening. There's a chance for a couple of flurries or some freezing rain. The temperature gets up to around 1, so we could even end up with just some plain rain at first. Then we drop back to minus 1, so that rain, wet snow, sleet, could get in there too. Mixture changes over to more likely freezing rain. Then as temperatures hold steady or rise, more likely rain back to wet snow. We really are going to be moving back and forth because we just don't have a whole lot of room. Normally you get a storm of this might push in some warm air, pull in some cold air and make a decided change, we're not getting that. We're staying one degree tomorrow, minus one, back to zero on Sunday. So a swing of two degrees, which makes a huge difference, of course, when you're talking about precipitation types, because rain, freezing rain and rain are the same thing until they hit the ground. So ground temperature certainly matters. Well, you can get uh, temperature at minus one, and still the ground is warm enough for rain. The details there are, or the combinations, I should say, are endless almost, but likely at least a bit of icing through Saturday night into early Sunday, and then any mixture goes over to all snow because cooler air does work in aloft. Not at the ground. We're holding near zero through the day on Sunday, but aloft, and that will change the falling precipitation to snow, and that gives us a chance to some accumulation through the day. Wind light through that stretch finally by Sunday it picks up just a bit, 15 to 30. The light snow continues into Sunday evening.
2: Into Monday, flurries will come to an end, minus 2, and cloud cover, but a dry day on Tuesday with a high near zero. That's Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. Temperatures around the region this hour. The Paw is at minus 6 degrees. Swan River, Brandon, Shoal Lake, Russell are at minus 2. Dauphin, minus 1. Roblin, minus 4. Regina is reporting in at minus 1. Saskatoon is at 0. Hudson Bay, Broadview, Mooseman, minus 3. Indian Head, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington. Minus two. The Yorkton Melville region has a sunny sky, a west southwest wind at 15 kilometers an hour. 65% is the relative humidity. The temperature is minus three degrees. With the wind chill, it feels more like minus eight degrees. Yesterday, Yorkton reached a high of minus one degree and dropped to a low of minus 10 degrees. Actually, I do believe that is yesterday's numbers when I look at that now, so I'm pretty sure it was actually a little warmer than that yesterday. I'm just going to double-check on my numbers for that when it comes to the weather. Yes, it was a high of plus 4 yesterday here in Yorkton, dropped to a low of minus 6. There was no precipitation recorded in the 24-hour period ending at midnight last night. The normal high for this date is plus 1 degree. The normal low is minus 8 degrees. The sun rose in Yorkton at 7.46 this morning, and it will set at 5.20 this afternoon. Extreme temperatures for Manitoba and Saskatchewan yesterday. The Manitoba hot spot was Dauphin. It got up to plus 5 degrees. The cold spot was Thompson at minus fourteen degrees. The Saskatchewan hot spot yesterday was Maple Creek at plus nine degrees. The cold spot was Key Lake, which dropped down to minus nine degrees. Welcome back to Saskank today. The grain and forage show awards were handed out last night at the thirty fourth annual Grain Miller's Harvest Showdown in Yorkton. The evening started off with the Westland Insurance SGI Canada Commercial Grain Show. The cereal champion was George Galatek of Inglis, Manitoba. The oilseed championship went to Lazy K Ranch of Tullymet, Saskatchewan. The specialty crop champion was Grant Laycock of Saltcoat, Saskatchewan. The organic champions were Wayne and Donna Aris of Togo, Saskatchewan and the premier grain award went to S&D Solinenko Farms from Stornaway Saskatchewan. Next up was the Maple Egg and Outdoor Forage Show. The hay champion was GNS Liebricht of Stornaway Saskatchewan, the silage champion was Nick Ryder of Norquay Saskatchewan, and the premier forage champion was GNS Liebricht of Stornaway Saskatchewan. The last event was the FP Genetics Pedigreed Seed Show. The premier feed champion was Fenton Seeds of Tisdale, Saskatchewan. And it's time now for the AgriView portion of our program. That's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. GX94, AgriView. Bungie has filed for regulatory approvals for its merger with crop handler Vitera in major jurisdictions in North and South America, Europe, and China, and has gotten the green light from some of its smaller markets, including Colombia. The merger, which would create a company worth $34 billion U.S., including debt, would bring the combined company closer in global scale to Bungie's leading rivals, ADM and Cargill. The proposed combination with Glencore-backed Viterra, however, is attracting scrutiny from regulators concerned about consolidation in the agricultural sector. CEO Greg Heckman says healthy commodities market competition in Canada, the U.S., Brazil, Argentina, China and parts of Europe should allow Bunge to avoid having to sell assets to gain approval for the merger from antitrust authorities. But if asset liquidations are required... He believes demand for Bungie's assets is very strong. Bungie expects to finalize the deal by mid-2024 after closing conditions are met and regulators sign off on the deal. Farmers and ranchers have gotten pretty familiar with high diesel prices but have likely noticed a bit of relief from last month's high. Patrick Dehane head of petroleum analysis at GasBuddy, says the average price of diesel across Canada right now is $1.81 per litre, down from $1.88 in mid-September. Dehan attributes last year's spike in diesel prices, especially in eastern Canada, to tight natural gas supplies in Europe, driving up demand for distillates like diesel and heating oil. With European inventories in a better position now, Prices have somewhat cooled off. This isn't to say there won't be challenges on the horizon, and as Dehan notes, the wild card that is Mother Nature remains to be a concern for the winter. If a harsh winter drives up demand, prices at the pump could jump. Canadian homeowners affected by the underused housing tax will now have until April 30th, 2024, to file their returns for the 2022 calendar year without being charged penalties or interest. Dubbed transitional relief, the last-minute extension will allow more time for those impacted to file their returns without penalty. The original deadline for the 2022 tax year was October 31st of 2023. Just how many people and businesses this impacts is unclear at this time, as there is still quite a bit of confusion over who has to file a return however many farms and farm businesses will likely be exempt from paying the tax but still have to file the return incurring significant costs to do so the underused housing tax is an annual one per cent tax on the ownership of vacant or underused housing in canada It's a federal tax that is independent of other provincial and municipal taxes on vacant or underused housing in Canada. UNIFOR members at the St. Lawrence Seaway Management Corporation have ratified new collective agreements. The Maintenance, Operations and Clerical Group voted 85% in favour and the Supervisory Group voted 87% in favour. The ratification follows a strike that halted transit along the seaway from October 22nd to this Monday morning. The agreements cover uniform members in Ontario and Quebec who work in the supervisory and engineering group and the maintenance operations and clerical group. Wages will see annual increases of 5%, 4%, and 4%, retroactive to April 1st, 2023, along with a $2,000 signing bonus. The agreement covers 360 workers who facilitate the transit of ships through the Great Lakes along the St. Lawrence Seaway to the Atlantic Ocean. A California jury has awarded $332 million to the man who sued chemical giant Monsanto Corporation over the use of its weed killer, A San Diego Superior Court jury awarded damages to 57-year-old Mike Dennis of Carlsbad, California, after he found that a rare form of non-Hodgkin lymphoma was related to decades of using Roundup weed killer. His lawsuit contended that his illness was related to Roundup's active ingredient, glyphosate. The jury found that Monsanto, which is now a division of pharmaceutical and biotechnology giant Bayer, failed to provide warnings of roundups risks and be sure to listen to the latest SAS ag today podcast it's brought to you by future ford in melville it- future ford has been serving the melville area for over 30 years they focus on the future their staff are ready for what's to come Ford tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like ev self-driving and more get ready to drive into the future why because the future is future ford Welcome back to Saskag. Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's sunny and minus 3 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. The January canola contract shows some promise, while Minneapolis wheat for December stood still this week. That's according to PI Financial Commodity Futures advisor Adam Pacalo who says the January contract is sitting around $691 per metric ton.
1: However, we have seen a couple... Fairly strong days on the the canola side. Yesterday, we were up at one point about $20 a ton. Uh, it did sell off a little bit throughout the day, but still uh, ended quite strong yesterday. And again, as we're talking here today, we're up approximately $9 a ton. So uh, a pretty, you know, I would say kind of positive turn here. I am still watching for that 700 level uh, to kind of canola to get above to maybe confirm that there could be some more upside. There has been some rumors of Chinese buying interest of U.S. beans um, after a U.S. delegation visited Beijing earlier this week. Uh, So that's been kind of giving a a little bit of a boost to the soybean market uh, as well as soybean oil has been kind of still trending a little bit kind of more positive right now. That could be seen as a little bit supportive so one other supportive thing for for the rest of the grains too is just the u.s dollar has been kind of going lower here uh, the last few days and that's been again helping kind of all grains with minneapolis wheat down about still four cents a bushel kind of on the week but uh, all three grain uh, wheat contracts are higher here kind of as we're talking
2: Pacallo notes the january canola contract has a ceiling of about $700 right now.
1: Well, right now I would say it's actually a ceiling or kind of a resistance, so... That's what I'm kind of looking at right now is for, again, for the canola to get above that 700 to confirm upside. I would actually say a floor or support is kind of closer to that uh, 670 mark right now. Um, And then kind of potentially down to 620. That's where we kind of got back down on, on May 31st. So that's kind of the levels that I'm watching right now.
2: As for Minneapolis
1: wheat... Uh, again we're t- we're down about four cents kind of on the week as we're kind of going kind of up about three here on the day um It seems that wheat really is looking for direction and kind of something new to focus on is. As- prices have again haven't really done much uh russia says said overnight that there are really no prospects for restoring the original grain corridor uh but ukraine's corridor does seem to be operating normally so that's kind of one factor that uh, again just kind of has been in the news lately
2: Piccolo then discusses other factors influencing the oilseed and grain markets.
1: Well, the biggest thing this week for kind of all markets generally was how the U.S. Federal Reserve decided to not raise rates, which was expected. uh, But they did actually improve their assessment of the overall U.S. economy um, as well as today U.S. payrolls increased um, 150,000 in October which was a little bit less than expected but overall this week the stock market has had uh, three here very good days now and we're actually in the uh, the strongest week of uh, the year for the S&P 500 so uh, why that's important is because if we see, you know, traders wanting to take risk in the stock market, you know, often that could lead to just taking risk in other assets like uh, oil or grains or things like that.
2: He says there just hasn't been much change in the commodity markets this week. Not much
1: change for some grains um, or some markets, but there are others that have been showing, you know, signs of, of life for sure. So I, I wouldn't kind of classify everything as just being stagnated, but some for sure, I would say wheat most uh, in particular, but canola here I would say it is looking a little bit more positive at least right now.
2: Adam Pacallo is a commodity futures advisor with PI Financial in Winnipeg. It's time now for the livestock market conditions and their presentation of Heartland Livestock in Verdun. Livestock market conditions. US live cattle futures for December closed at 183.87 today. That's down 80. February live cattle closed at 185.22, down 120. January feeder cattle closed at 239.75, down 242. March feeder cattle closed at 242.35, down 207. December lean hogs closed at 71.75, down 152. February lean hogs closed at 75.47, down 75. And that's the livestock market conditions. The 2023 Grain Millers Harvest Showdown Grain and Forage Show Awards evening was held last night in Yorkton. This year's Farmer Recognition Award went to Larry and Kathy Hillworth of Yorkton. Larry says he was shocked to learn he won
3: the award. A pause, uh, dumbfounded. Surprised, Kind of thought maybe they had the wrong guy that they are phoning because we didn't know what it was about. But uh, it certainly uh, is gratifying and humbling. And uh, and uh, kind of when they went through all the stuff that we've done over the years, it just kind of said that we're kind of an old guy now. And uh, we've kind of been around for quite some time. And it just feels good to give back to, to everything that we've done. So tell me about you. Uh, were you raised on a farm? Is that where you got your start in agriculture? Hey, Doug, absolutely not. No, uh, my dad worked in the railroad in Melville, and uh, and I used to hitchhike back and forth from Melville to Yorkton to my grandfather's farm, and the farm used to be the. The gathering place for all of us on our family, right? And so it was kind of the nucleus or the magnet that drew us in, whether it was Christmas or Easter or birthdays or harvest or whatever. And so, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents growing up, um, and uh, you know, spent all my summers out at the farm, et cetera. And so, um, my grandfather ended up uh, willing the farm to my uncle, and uh, my uncle farmed, and I used to help him, and then. When I got transferred with the Royal Bank to Regina to look after business banking for Saskatchewan, uh, my uncle decided that was the time that he was going to uh, rent the farm out, right? Because it was just a small farm, but it took two of us to run it. So, yeah, so then a uh, few years later, we had the opportunity that we could purchase the farm and uh, sat down with my uncle, and, uh, and he gave us the chance to buy it. Or sell it to the city of Yorkton so or whatever it was and uh, yeah so we had an opportunity to buy the farm and uh, we've been just kind of farming for six years or so so it's, it's always been in my blood but I did not wasn't raised on a farmer and my parents never farmed so yeah it's kind of kind of cool how many acres do you have then well we've got 15 quarters and uh, Um, 12 of which I farm, three we rent out because it's a little farther away from here. It's our cattle farm. But, um, yeah, so it's in in size today, Doug, it's kind of small, but uh, we do it uh, by ourselves. And, uh, you know, my wife helps me move some equipment, but besides that, I kind of single-handedly do it all. Uh, At Harvest, I have a friend that uh, sometimes comes out and we will just empty a semi or two, but... I uh, I uh, have quite a few semis for my polling team and so we kind of put grain trailers behind them all and park them all in the field and and by the time I fill them all up, you know what, that's a pretty good day already. So uh, so that's what we do it and, and some of my neighbors come and help me and I go help them and, and vice versa but it's really good and, and I really enjoyed. it and I guess it's, I've always said even when I was working for the bank or, or uh, was at Maple, um, if it's not fun don't do it anymore And if it, if, it, if it seems like a job, we'll then change it. Well, so far, none, none, none of the things that I've ever done have really seemed like work or seemed like a job. So I've always enjoyed it, no matter what it was. And, uh, you know, I say when, when the fun starts going or the health starts going, they can't do it anymore, well, then things will have to change. But but so far, we're like it. We just bought some more land here, uh, just closed the deal here a couple of days ago. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things is that really supportive wife right and so you know, a lot of lot of brides get a little nervous with their husbands for spending some money, and I just kind of come home. So I just bought a quarter, or I bought a combine, or whatever. And say, "Oh yeah, okay, I, okay, good." You know, if you needed it, buy it, and, and all the rest. So it's been really good that way. And, and as I mentioned tonight, I mean, it really keeps us connected to agriculture. You know, and really enjoy you know the the community and the York York and Ag community, and you know the farming for health project that you and I have talked about in the past. It's 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 so gratifying where you can get all these farm businesses businesses and farm people uh, at, at the blink of a phone call or a text message because my Rolodex is fairly big and, and I can just phone anybody and say can you help or can you can, can you buy a meal or can you sponsor some fuel or whatever and so many people jump up to the cause and as you know the Farming for Health project we're just dancing on the doors of 2.4 million dollars we've raised since the start and so you know that kind of keeps me connected to agriculture and even though I'm not co-chairing it anymore We've kind of stepped back. I ended up seeding it this year and I sprayed and combined. and So it's just, it's just great and, and was, I'm thankful that I got the abilities that I can do that. And uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. It, it, everybody says, well, why didn't you retire, right? Why don't you retire? Why don't you retire? Why don't you retire? And why are you doing this, right, at your age and stuff? Well. Cause I like it and, and I think one of the biggest things that I do some coaching with businesses and people is, is you know a lot of guys say they're going to retire and, and say well what does that mean after that right and and unless you've got a purpose after that it kind of gets kind of old real quickly right and so always have something to do and, and when I was a banker I wasn't a very good golfer and and when I got into business I never had time for golf so I'm a poor golfer but I could drive a tractor pretty good so I figured that's my my kind of my golf and I and I enjoy it and, and we spend time with it and my family kind of shakes their head sometimes but it's okay we really enjoy it. Larry and Kathy
2: Hillworth were the winners of the 2023 Farmer Recognition Award at the 34th annual Green Millers Harvest Showdown last night in Yorkton. I'll have more of my interview with Larry coming up in a few minutes time but First, uh, I will have the commodities update and that's coming up next. Commodities update. Canola futures closed up across the board again today. January canola closed at 692.30 up $9.70, March canola closed at 701.20 up $9.30. December Minneapolis wheat closed at 7.21 per bushel, that's up 10 and a quarter cents. December Kansas City wheat closed at 6.43 and a up 2 cents. December Chicago wheat closed at 5.72 and a up 7 cents. December corn closed at 4.77 and a quarter, up 7 and a quarter cents. January soybeans closed at thirteen fifty-one and three quarters, up twenty-three and a half cents. December oats closed at three seventy-two per bushel, down four and a half cents. And that's the commodities update. Welcome back to Saskag today. As you just heard, the 2023 Green Millers Harvest Showdown Grain and Forage Show Awards Evening was held last night in Yorkton. This year's Farmer Recognition Award went to Larry and Kathy Hillworth of Yorkton. As a relatively new farmer, Larry has embraced modern farming practices. I wouldn't
3: farm without the help of of my agronomist team, you know, Wade and Al over at Agrotactics Agronomy. You know, they, they, they make me look good, right? And so or make my crops look good. And so, uh, you know, they're all full about technology. And when I was at John Deere World, I mean, we were kind of leading with technology. So given that I kind of used to market it and now we now kind of read it and all the rest of the stuff, I, I kind of use it and kind of need it. And, you know, with my position with Seedmaster as, as chairman of the board of Seedmaster, and, you know, we've released a new machine called the Single Rank uh, Ultra Pro Seeding Tool, and it's kind of dubbed the Canola Master. And so I was fortunate. I got one of those last year, and we we're kind of the, the only one in the area that's got one, and, and we could see what it does. And it's kind of, you know, Norbert Bougeau, who designed Seed Master, he kind of single-handedly disrupted the seeding market about 40 years ago, and then his brother joined him Pat and, and you know they came out with a Seed Hawk or seed at the time, and then you know, then the brothers kind of split, and one went to Seed Master, one went to Seed Hawk or Datastat now. And you know, they were kind of revolutionary. And, and I remember when they first Came out and I, we were a Borgo dealer, and uh, you know we were one of the second or the third or ever Borgo dealers ever, and so we kind of drank that Kool-Aid. So for for me to switch to this this different technology was kind of a game changer for me too, because I drank that Kool-Aid. But you know what? It worked, and uh, you know uh, my granumus team. I mean they they did lots of we do lots of trials, and I do uh, I farm some land right around Bear uh, and uh, Bear Research Center, and so those girls there always are doing plots of my field and and BASF and stuff like that so we're always trying to learn how we can like maybe grow a little better canola crop. Doug when I was in the banking world right and I used to lend money to farmers and we used to do these farm business projections right and we it was called the form 3471 it was a cash flow projection and we lent lots of money to farmers. Royal Bank was the leader and in those days we used to do it and we used to do projections and we used to do projections on wheat at 30, 35 bushels an acre, depending on the fertility program. And canola, yeah, maybe 2025 we would lend money on it. If it was on summer fall, we'll all bounce forward quite a few years now, right? And, and you know, we're we're, we're we're fertilizing and growing, trying to achieve a 60, 70 bushel an acre canola crop. We're a 50 bushel an acre acre canola crop you're kind of like disappointed and and if my grandfather would have grown a 40 or 50 bushel an acre wheat crop he'd still be partying at the holiday and you know what i mean so things have really changed we're growing 90 bushel an acre wheat and and you know uh in a dry year and and science and agronomy and uh machine data analyzation and all the rest stuff allows us to do that in plant genetics where before we couldn't do that right so we are we as farmers are you know um If you ever watched the YouTube video, did you know, and it talks about the world population hitting 7.6 billion by so many years, and we're going to have to feed that world on less land and less water. And how are we going to do it? And so, you know, is it climate change? I don't know. I don't want to go down that path, but I'm sure that there's some effects to it. But we had less water last year, too, but we're growing some pretty good crops. So, you know, the crops that came off this year were like, where did it come from? It was it was significant. So. You know that is working where if we took those those practices that we did 20-25 years ago we wouldn't grow those crops and so I think it's making a difference and we as we as farmers have to kind of you know respect the land and, and trying to give back and uh, yeah I, I think it's coming together so that kind of excites me you know I was the first guy that brought auto steer into the York the market right when we were the John Deere world and and it was a technology, I thought, you know what, it's a technology. And, and my partner said, you can't, we can't go down this road. I said, well, we got to go down this road because that's where farming is going and I can see this vision. So I invited, I think it was 55 or 60 rural bankers. And it was, it was in the early 2000s when farming wasn't really good and things were tight and you know and, and you know you if you wanted to sell land if you didn't sell it to your neighbors you had no nobody else to sell it to and you know it was just different and so i remember bringing in all these bankers and we were selling that system at that time for 25,000 bucks That's a lot of money today. That was a lot of money then, right? And when farming was tough and tight and operating rules were stretched, et cetera, how could you get somebody to spend $25,000 on an auto steer system? It it wasn't even auto, it was just parallel tracking. You drove to watch this little machine, little bubble, right? Kind of like Tetris, the old game we used to play in the Yorkton Hotel kind of thing. And um, these guys, bankers, came out and we said, okay, you give us some results, some of your information, right, about your farmers, what's your cost per acre, what's your average farm. Pammy tells us that overlap or underlap was six to 10%, right, I said, let's go 5%, right, it'll be the, the best case, right? And uh, did all this math, and, and they said, well, this is pretty good, there is a payback, and I said, absolutely, Like, it's the only piece of equipment that I can justify an ROI on, right, and so, We have those bankers coming in saying these guys can drive straight until after the day, and we put them, and Kathy Pearson was one of them, we put them in in sprayers and tractors out the backyard, and you want to see some guys, like, kind of pull their hair out, that's why I got no hair, because seeing these bankers drive some of these expensive equipment, dodging telephone poles, etc., but it worked, and, you know, by the end, what I was trying to say is, by the end of the meeting, and the end of the afternoon, the training session we had with them, they were saying, we will lend money for this, right, this makes sense, so we really quickly adapted that, and John Deere, the company was really, you know, they were going down that path, trying to be a data company instead of a machinery company so it just kind of the stars aligned and we're able to help that so I drank that Kool-Aid then and so I, I kind of use it now you know maybe not to the extent that a lot of guys do it uh, but we're, uh, we're we're certainly not leading at it and we're, but we're certainly not following so the data and the the electronics I use in my farm probably you know maybe 60 or 70 percent of the way there so there's always I mean technology breeds itself obsolete in six months right so it doubles every six months so you know for us old timers that still have eight tracks you know you kind of it's kind of hard to keep up but you know it's really nice seeing some of these younger generations like one of the farm advisory boards I said on Legui Farms I mean how they've adapted technology is just like it's it's mind-blowing right and but it's made them a a more successful business and 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 sustainability and all the rest. That's Larry and Kathy Hillworth
2: they were the winners of the 2023 Farm Recognition Award at the 34th Annual Green Millers Harvest Showdown last night in Yorkton. It's now one o'clock in Saskatchewan, two o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions tonight. Clouding over. Wind south-southwest at 10 to 15, and a low of minus 6 degrees. For tomorrow, mainly cloudy with a 20% chance of light rain or flurries during the day and a 70% chance in the evening. Wind southwest at 10 to 25, a high of plus 1, an overnight low of minus 1. For Sunday, a 70% chance of freezing rain turning to sleet and snow, four to eight centimeters possible. Winds east-northeast at 15 to 30, a high of zero. For Monday, a 40% chance of flurries ending as the day goes on, a high of minus two. And for Tuesday, mainly cloudy and a high of zero. In the Paw, it's minus six degrees. Swan River, Brandon and Shoal Lake-Russell are at minus two. Dauphin, minus one. Roblin, minus 4. Regina is reporting it at minus 1. Saskatoon, 0. Hudson Bay, Broadview-Mooseman, minus 3. Indian Head, Winyard-Wadena-Kelvington, minus 2. The Yorkton-Melville region has a sunny sky, a west-southwest wind at 15 kilometres an hour. 65% is the relative humidity, The temperature is minus 3 degrees, with the wind chill it feels more like minus 8 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for SaskAg Today for today. Be sure to tune in again on Monday at 12.15 for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. Saskeg today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future
0: Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.